kriya is a skill that you have to practice for a very small time called lifetime often people say that successful people are more happy i just do the other way around happy people are more successful what importance of emotions is there in our life and how we normally ignore suppress or uh, we do not acknowledge them uh, nothing is more practical and applicable skill than ai because we all are human beings and we carry emotions within ourselves so all we need to do is recognize them manage them smartly and ensure that they work in our favor rather than they working against us that a leader's job is only to act as a servant for his team emotions always play an important role and it's okay to feel emotional Welcome to the Stars of Learning podcast where your host Jyoti ji exposes the minds of the thought leaders who have vast experience and in-depth knowledge in the learning industry. Now over to your host Jyoti ji. Hello everyone, hearty welcome to season 2 of Stars of Learning podcast and my name is Jyoti ji and I'm your host for the show. and each fortnight i interview the thought leaders in the learning industry who will share the best practices of learning to the current scenario we will also discuss challenges solutions latest trends tools technology leadership and their journey in the learning field so friends daniel goldman says if your emotional abilities are not in hand if you don't have self awareness if you are not able to manage your distressing emotions if you can't have empathy and have effective relationships then no matter how smart you are you are not going to get very far this quote really mind blown to me so because i was looking at some of the reports on the you know emotional intelligence many experts now believe that a personal person's emotional intelligence quotient may be more important than their intelligence quotient and it is certainly a better predictor of success quality of relationship and overall happiness so friends it's interesting to note how the concept of emotional intelligence has evolved over the years from its inception as something called social intelligence all the way back in the 1930s to emotional strength in the mid 20th century to its current terminology emotional intelligence yes friends i'm referring to emotional intelligence and it does matters but what exactly is emotional intelligence and why it is important so pause a moment to think and feel do you recognize the emotion you are feeling can you manage those feelings without allowing them to swamp you can you motivate yourself to get jobs done do you sense the emotions of others and respond effectively whatever your answer is don't worry friends as our topic for today is emotional intelligence strategies for your happiness and today we will have conversation with none other than dr pratik sirana who is an expert and in fact has a doctorate in emotional intelligence to guide us and enhance our knowledge on why ai matters and how you need to adapt and how one can foster the emotional intelligence for your clients business employees or people in your life or maybe for yourself a quick intro about my guest dr pratik surana an emotional quotient expert he's a international behavioral trainer a life and happiness coach corporate trainer and entrepreneur with 22 plus years of experience he's also the author of three books a disruptive thinker a leader and a business enthusiast with a global business experience and with phd in emotional intelligence he's also a chief mentor and founder Quantum Info Trainers and Consulting Private Limited at Pune. He is also a CEO for Quantum Trainings Private Limited for Singapore, and he is also an accredited certified coach for 
from International Coach Federation. So friends, he has many more certifications in his kitty. He is a blogger and he has his YouTube channel. And Pratik is an extensive traveler and he is also a foodie and lives in Pune in India. Friends, I and Pratik are part of the same LMB group and I really enjoy reading his blog. And when you read, you get immersed into it and you actually look at techniques or a practice, how to apply them. That's the kind of insights he shares in his blog. And during this VUCA COVID distress around, I felt this the need of the heart to be emotionally stronger and learn to handle our EI efficiently, to be happy and successful in our life, right? I'm sure you will enjoy the conversation. So put your guests on, friends. And without any further ado, let me welcome my guest, Dr. Pratik Surana, Quantum Info Trainers and Consultant Private Limited founder. Once again, a warm welcome, Dr. Pratik, to Stars of Learning Podcast. And I'm so thrilled to have you that you are joining me today. Hey, thanks a lot, Beauty, for such an elaborate introduction. And uh, I'm a little embarrassed with the kind of flattered words that I have heard from you. But anyways, uh, thank you. Thank you very much. You, you deserve and the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that yet. But thanks for uh, being so kind. And uh, also thanks for setting up the context on emotional intelligence, why this is important. And uh, as we speak, uh, we have just come across an excellent example of emotional intelligence in practice, wherein uh, we've just seen unfortunate incident of uh, a Sunday where one famous actor and one of the most brilliant guys, being being even an engineering topper, Vishan Singh Rajput and the sad demise that we've uh, just heard about. And this clearly shows what importance of emotions is there in our life and how we normally ignore, suppress, or uh, we do not acknowledge them. Okay, otherwise a brilliant person, an engineering topper, a fine actor, and one of the finest human beings we lost just because emotions superpowered his logical thinking and he took an extreme step which he should have avoided. Hmm. Okay, this, this is, you know, unfortunate incident, but this also highlights the importance of acknowledging our emotions and managing them better. Yeah, and his quote was, you know, never give up. Yeah. Yeah. Right. True, true, Pratik. Uh, you brought in an interesting uh, and, you know, scareful incident which is very important for us to be aware about. So, Pratik, right. yes, we will be talking more about how we need to manage about emotional intelligence and you are the expert. So, you know, we want to get all the insights from you, you know, how it is and what is critical. So, before we jump into this interesting episode, uh, Pratik, can you can you quickly share about yourself, how you got specialized in EI? Okay. So, my career has been a big zigzag duty. I did my 12th uh, in science in 1991. And basically, I'm a small towner. I come from a remote town in Marathwara region of Maharashtra called Hingodi. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, during those times, there were only two choices in career. Mm-hmm. Okay. Either medical or engineering. Right. Even chat was not really considered as a bright career option. Mm. So I pursued twelfth uh, science, one year of engineering. But while I was in engineering, I felt that this is not something that I'm enjoying. And this is not something that I would definitely like to continue. I mean, it's, it's like this is not my calling. Even if I do engineering, I become a terrible engineer and take up a job just for sake of leaving, I would be deceiving myself. Mm. So that was the first time, unknowingly, I started acknowledging my emotions. Mm. And that's when I decided to drop out of engineering, which was quite blasphemous in 1991. If you look at uh, the mindset then, and you know, the middle class families that we all come from, the mindset that you're giving up a comfortable career option. And that too in a small town where there's hardly any awareness, and then I said, well, if it doesn't appeal me, I'd rather not do it. Mm. So I, the subject, I came back to my hometown from the engineering college, which is like 250 kilometers away in a city called Aurangabad in Maharashtra. Mm. And I came down, 
I joined a bachelor's degree in arts, which was my calling then. Hmm. And then everybody kind of ridiculed me for following what I called as my passion then. Okay. Okay. But then I said that I rather pursue subjects of my interest and be happy. Hmm. Of course, that's an age where you hardly understand these things. I was like 18 years old. Hmm. You know, we, we four friends were talking in the college canteen, came up with an idea of establishing a computer institute then when I was in second year of engineering, okay. second year of my graduation. Okay. A casual chat with a friend took serious turn and then we established our first venture when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's where I felt that, you know, education, training, that was my calling. And I started uh, looking at, and computer was pretty new during 1992, 93. So, you know, we, we established our business. At that point of time, everybody was like, will it work in a small town? Mm-hmm. And I was like, even if it doesn't, doesn't really matter. I would like to gain that experience called failure. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a big learning actually. That's a, that's a very big learning. And to my surprise, I mean, we all four worked with complete passion. Mm-hmm. We invested ourselves to it only to realize that we have achieved 185% of the target in the first year. Wow. That's the passion calling. That's the passion, that's the calling. And then, you know, I said, nothing doing. I mean, I would like to do something that really motivates me, that gives me high. And then I went on to do my master's in management, Mm. kicked out of the classroom because I could not speak fine English. Mm. And I, right from a small town, I went all the way to Mumbai, you know, my English was fluent because I come from a Marathi medium school, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then there was a complex that got developed, etc. And one fine day, I, you know, there was somebody who guided me in this uh, difficult times because I was almost on the verge of giving it up on people laughing at me. So I said, look, this is not something that, you know, I have done my all my hard work. I stood second in the classroom, but this class, uh, and this definitely cannot be the reason of living. And there was one who kind of, you know, boosted my confidence then. Uh, thankfully, I completed it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also took up a part-time faculty position right in the same place in the classroom from where I was kicked out, uh, mm-hmm. saying that my English is not too good. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful journey <laughs> you've had there, <laughs> These are small snippets that I am trying to tell you how emotions work. Uh, Okay. And when I was kicked out of the classroom, that kind of feeling of humiliation was enough for me to give up my MBA. Mm -hmm. But I decided against because there was somebody who helped me understand Mm -hmm. that these are emotions and these are tough times that you have to really come up with. Mm -hmm. And that gave me a that I rather pursue my career in understanding emotions, understanding human behaviors. And then take it further. So then we established our company Quantum. And then uh, initially it was into IT programs. And we ventured into behavioral areas. Within behavioral areas, emotions, performance based on emotions. Those were the things that kind of, you know, interested me. And then I went on further. Yeah, interesting, uh, Pratik. So, Pratik, uh, as discussed, uh, our topic is on emotional intelligence strategies for happiness. So when it comes to happiness and success in life, EQ matters just as much as IQ, right? Can you explain why EI is important? Great question. And Jyoti, I would like to give a small correction. EQ matters more than IQ. Oh, okay. Okay, let me ask you this question. That Has it ever occurred to you that during school days or college days, you might have come across a colleague or, or uh, you know, class fellow was not doing so well academically during school and college days, but later later on in his career, he does excellent. And vice versa, where somebody who's academically very bright, but could not do so well in the later part of his career. Yeah, there are many examples around my life. There are many such examples in everybody's life. Mm-hmm. Now the question is, going by IQ, those guys were extremely brilliant. But could they really focus on the career at a later stage? Could they take failures in the right side? Could they really manage their relationships well? Mm-hmm. 
could they really, uh, you know handle the short term success in in the right fashion now that's where you get going i mean you take the example of best of the leaders both in politics or, or, or in business you'll always find that there are some common traits the first trait is they all are self aware Mm. they all are extremely composed even during the toughest time when times of crisis mm. so most importantly they are excellent in managing relationships mm. now these are the skills which really take us ahead mm. okay mm. always that whatever i have learned is in between or outside the classroom than in the classroom yeah that doesn't mean that i am kind of doubting iq is important IQ and EQ both are important but EQ often plays a very important role at a later stage for example IQ just gets developed in the time you're 15 16 or 17 years right but EQ is ever evolving it gets better with time and you get matured on on the emotional side over a period of time hmm so excellent cricketers coached by the same cricket coach both of them had equally good cricketing capabilities mm. and both of them were given enough opportunities one became a god of cricket and the second could not do so well i'm sure you know whom i'm talking about right yes yeah. i know one is sachin i'm not a great cricket fan but then i can <laughs> guess it is sachin <laughs> sachin and vinod kambli okay <laughs> i mean if you carefully look at the track record it was sachin tendulkar whom you would find extremely composed on the field of the field keeping his focus could not uh, did not get carried away by short term success could digest the failure in the right fashion and he became god of cricket yeah whereas really good cricket player vinod kambli even better than sachin but could not do so well at a later stage yeah i think this definitely became a foundation for our conversation right like how we have to emotions being so important more important which we need to pay attention to so so pratik then you know definitely there is some energy in the uh, emotions right so what is the emotional energy pratik for a layman to understand first and foremost emotional energy is something that uh, kind of gives you a high or a kick in in a layman's language that we say it's something like that makes me happy mm-hmm. and there is a scientific base behind it okay the moment you start feeling happy uh, you become more productive and more energetic isn't it right right take an example that uh, you just meet a client or a friend or a colleague or or a coworker whom you really like and then the moment you start working with him or her on a particular project you are more than productive and he gets the best out of you true right right now that's the kind of emotional energy that we talk about which is directly proportionate to the success that you have mm-hmm. often people say that successful people are more happy i just do the other way around happy people are more successful sure so so pratik you gave me the two best cricketers example is this ai is something is like an application which uh, is it an application skill can one develop ai and start applying to get a better themselves absolutely juti uh, nothing is more practical and applicable skill than ai because we all are human beings and we carry emotions within ourselves right mm-hmm. so all we need to do is recognize them manage them smartly and ensure that they work in our favor rather than they working against us okay mm-hmm. for example excellent business leaders or excellent leaders have three qualities one they are self aware b they are self managed in terms of relationships in terms of uh, you know their interpersonal areas and see uh, they are really focused on what they're doing and in all these three pure and pure emotional energy that you need so so pratik i hear you saying this emotional energy you can definitely apply if you focus and you know manage and be aware about it and i also hear you saying this is not something inborn you can control your emotions and if i hear you right if you, 
we can re-engineer our emotions as that's an important element in our life, right? So, how can one master it? Okay. So, I give a simple formula called PAC. P-A-C. Okay. Okay. P for pause. Okay. Pause for a moment. Gather the thought. Gather and understand what's happening with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is for pause. A. Acknowledge. Acknowledge that you're getting angry, you're getting hyper, you're getting irritated, you're getting happy, you're getting excited, you're getting feeling loved, etc. That's mm-hmm. very, very important that you acknowledge the emotions. Mm-hmm. And three, C stands for control. Control the emotions or regulate them. So P-A-C. Pause. Understand what's happening with you rather than instantly reacting or, you know, being spontaneous at times. A is acknowledge and understand the impact that it's going to carry out and C, try and control and then express in a manner which is constructive, which is going to act, being effective and acting in your favor. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's easier said than done and I always say AI is a skill that you have to practice Mm -hmm. for a very small time called lifetime. (laughs) Sure. I think, uh, you know, this uh, simple formula, very powerful. Yes, we hear you loud and clear, Prati, for a lifetime. Glad to know that. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so Prati, so is there any framework, uh, you know, or an attribute which we can use in critical communication using EI? Because these days, Every communication looks critical and you want to deal with that successfully. So, what's your suggestion? First and foremost, whenever there is a critical communication, uh, there are three things that one has to look at. A, what you're going to talk about and why you want to say that. Of course, it's for particular behavior to be changed or particular action to be taken, so on and so forth. Mm. So, first, define the impact that you think it will create. Hmm. Plan communication well in advance, and most importantly, that is you know try and understand the impact that it will have on other person's mind, which I also call it as empathy. Okay. Put yourself in the other person's shoes, think and feel the way he would take that communication, and then design it accordingly. B and most important, while communicating. Be extremely regulated. Okay. Be extremely thoughtful about every word that comes out. True. Yeah. And remember that giving feedback or uh, giving a critical appraisal or handling a critical communication like layoffs or whatever, one has to be really, really dispassionate. Do not bring your emotions. So we always say in quantum, Okay, we have this notion where we say, say it the way it is without adding adjectives. No fillers. No fillers, no adjectives, no emotions. Mm. Say it the way it is without adding adjectives. And then we say that the whole objective of critical communication is agree or disagree, but commit. Mm. I may individually disagree with certain things that my uh, manager is saying, while delivering the feedback or, you know, during an appraisal meeting, so on and so forth. Even if I individually disagree, we collectively have to agree on the impact that uh, we both want. Hmm. Right. Agree or disagree, but commit. So since uh, you are talking about the performance and, uh, you know, organization, uh, Pratik, how does investing on, you know, emotional quotient boost productivity and how useful is it for an organization or it could be even for a university or any part of life how important it is every right so first and foremost we all work for something called as our individual profit or our individual motive let's all agree to that you know whether that profit can be in terms of monetary terms in terms of you know, wealth, in terms of money, in terms of uh, recognition, in terms of educational acknowledgement, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. So, we all look forward for some kind of benefit. 
when do those benefits come or what drives those benefits is a question according to me what drives those benefits are your plans you know a uh, way you look at things the way you have been brought up your internal systems your organizational systems so on and so forth and what drives those organizational systems or your individual uh, processes etc is ideally the state of mind that you are in mm-hmm. what drives that state of mind is the kind of conversation that i have with my colleagues with my family members with my friends and and clients so on and so forth and the conversations are normally driven by the kind of emotions that i carry hmm. okay right yeah. it's all a rhetoric if i have to if i am in a happy state of mind or i have a constructive emotion okay i have happy feelings my conversation with everybody else would be happy in turn the other people would be uh, ready to help me out or acknowledge my presence or you know get whatever we want mm. and then that would help us fulfill our objective or profits that we really want mm. okay as simple as that okay, okay. so we are all have to be self aware self uh, assess our emotional intelligence with the formula you have given and we have to work on our emotions and it's a lifetime so how does emotional person play in leadership front what kind of a hat they need to wear so jyoti uh, you know when we talk about uh, leadership there are multiple aspects of leadership mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. one could be a leader's job in order to make a decision mm-hmm. solve problems for the people be focused on the plans and strategy that one has mm. so in all this emotions play a very important role or it's all the said that a leader is as good as the choices that he has made or the decisions that he makes mm. Mm. right so the decisions are often driven by emotions many times you might have come across leaders who come across as very impulsive decision makers somebody who just you know take the decision at the spur of the moment and then that's about it mm. and uh, there are some people think about the impact that it could create they will weigh all their options they will think for the long term benefit and then stay focused and then make the decision that's one mm. here again i'd like to give an example of two great leaders mm-hmm. one was extremely intense impulsive in decision making full of anger hatred for a certain sect of people mm-hmm. okay during second world war created a havoc worldwide mm-hmm. and was exactly very well thought very well composed and he became a great war strategist i'm talking about adolf hitler and winston churchill mm-hmm. two contemporaries yeah. the difference was one very well impulsive in his decision making that's how he made a decision to attack russia during october when the winters come and the the uh, weather is not very much favorable mm. but still he went ahead mm. that was only based on impulsive emotions and anger and hatred and whatever you may call it and the second one winston churchill exactly knew his own strengths his weaknesses his country he exactly when to be aggressive when to be passive he exactly knew what their long term benefit that he is looking for so he could control the consequences well Yeah. okay and align the entire world leadership on his side that is pure and pure based on the relationship areas that this guy okay. so now this is a classic example how leadership is a make or break situation so yeah and especially during this adversity we want leaders uh, who can you know transform people and mobilize people for a betterment that's what Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So absolutely yeah. during the time of crisis your real strength comes out. Yeah. Right yeah. and a leader would always be composed during the time of crisis. Take mm-hmm. an example of 2611 attacks when uh, you know Ratan Tata went all the way to Taj and he was seen as somebody who was standing with his staff and who was pacifying them was uh, empathizing with them with their losses. not only he did that he led by 
example by uh, giving a good compensation for people absorbing their kids and all others you know areas to so the human value mm-hmm. Right. Okay. right. Okay, we've seen the real leaders working uh, for the organization, for the people. Where we had somebody like Rajiv Bajaj who said that I rather lose my own salary than uh, sacking somebody else. Yes, yes. I mean, time of crisis, the personality defines that leader. Right. Right. Thanks. Thanks for that insight, Prabhu. Uh, Pratik, to be honest, sometimes all depends on, you know, individual personality style, also background, or maybe their education, or a social upbringing and all that, right? So, uh, is there a tool to credit uh, EI for any individuals? Okay, so on the tools, when we talk about human behavior, is it predictable? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. human behavior is not predictable mm-hmm. it's all circumstantial it's all situational but at the same time it all depends on three things mm-hmm. a how composed are you to deal with that particular situation that is your adaptability mm-hmm. your flexibility mm-hmm. b the way you react towards uncertain and volatile situations what we call it as vuca time mm-hmm. and that is where Emotional intelligence or AI plays a very important role when there's no clarity, equity, things are changing on daily basis. Okay, that's where emotionally intelligent person or a high EQ person can always stand on. There are multiple tools to calculate EQ. There are multiple tools to calculate various parameters in emotional intelligence. But can this be predictable? The answer is we are yet to find that tool. So, Pratik, especially in the organization, right, we are dealing with people. And when people right. quit, right, there's, there's a saying in most cases that the cause is not the organization, but their managers. They leave their managers. So, can EI be used for managers, especially for conflicts or giving and receiving feedback? Is there something organization can pick from EI? So, I would put it this way that a manager's job is essentially to manage people. And a manager, as you rightly said, people join organizations but they leave managers. So, their commitment to the organization goal is still higher. Had their manager probably would uh, deal with them in a better fashion. So, be it giving and receiving feedback or be it uh, developing your uh, delegating some work. Uh, to the people or uh, be it being collaborative in terms of conflict resolution. Mm-hmm. Emotional intelligence really plays a very vital role because unless you empathize with people, you won't be able to get the best out of them. Mm-hmm. And a manager's job is to get the best out of his people. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? Right, right. And often the mistakes that the managers make is they kind of stereotype most of the things, which is again very emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, somebody is probably always nagging, somebody is micromanaging, somebody is, uh, somebody is not very trustworthy. So these are all biases which unconsciously that we develop. And all managers expect their subordinates to behave exactly the way they do and perform exactly the way that they want them. This is exactly like expecting 11 goalkeepers in a football team or 11 wicket keepers in a cricket team. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's the feelings to make a decision right or wrong, right? That is taking right. a more charged there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, you know, what happens is we do not accept that there can be somebody who is a little different. And that difference, the way we acknowledge that difference and the way we ensure that we collaborate with that differences, ensure that we kind of, you know, understand their strengths and help them unleash their strengths so that eventually our organization performance can go up. Mm-hmm. So you need to invest in people and when you say you need to invest in people, you need to be seen with them as one of the best people managers. Mm-hmm. So I always say, 
that a leader's job is only to act as a servant for his team. Ah, this reminds me, I've done a servant leadership workshop and it talks about four heads, you know, head, heart, hand, and the habit, how you nurture it is going to be, you know, enhancing that kind of a results for you. Yes. Pratik, now it's evident that we understand that emotional influence and emotional is important and it is beneficial both in and out of our workplace and uh, uh, how can one find out enhancing EI can lead to positive approach in their life? Okay. So, uh, let me put it this way, Jyoti, that, uh, you know, 80% of emotional intelligence is self-awareness and rest 20% is management. Management, okay. So, the more you are aware of your emotions, is that's the first step how you can be better than what you are. And 80% of the time, people are in denial mode. They do not accept and acknowledge the emotions that they have. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. While sharing a feedback, somebody is extremely defensive saying that, no, no, I didn't do this. I wasn't this way. Right? Yeah. And this denial is, is more harmful than anything else. Yeah. So, so the first step towards developing your EI is first accept. Mm-hmm. Be, then you become aware. Yeah. Once you become aware, then you know what's going to act in your favor and what's not going to act in your favor. I gave an example of me giving up engineering because I knew that this is not going to act good for me. Mm-hmm. So unknowingly, probably that was the first step of self-awareness, saying that I'm not made out of, I'm not made to do this, and I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, except yeah. that this is not your see and that's okay. Yeah. So, so you brought a great point there. You know, being aware and being expressive. So then being aware of an emotion is not the same as expressing it, right? How to be self-aware of the emotions we are experiencing and how do we manage it? I always advocate a four-column exercise. Mm-hmm. That is the starting point of emotional intelligence for self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Okay. Take a pen and paper or your daily diary mm-hmm. and make four columns. Okay. The first column is of incident. Mm -hmm. The second column is your reaction. The third column is emotions. And fourth column was the end result. Hmm. Okay. And on daily basis, keep writing all the small or big incidents that happen with you. It could be something like, you know, uh, in traffic jam, you were really irritated, you wanted to go for a meeting mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, you lost your cool and you, uh, you know, some bike kind of dented into your car and you end up having an argument. Mm-hmm. Right from that kind of an incident to the milkman did not deliver your milk or somebody has discredited you of your work and uh, taken all the credit of what hard work that you've done, yeah. all possible incidents. Mm-hmm that you have gone through, through the day, just write it there in the first column. Mm -hmm. In the second column, write the way you reacted. Mm -hmm. For example, it dented into your car and the first thing that you did is you kind of used some abusive language or foul language. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, at point of time, that was your instantaneous reaction or spontaneous reaction. And then the third column is, at that point of time, how many emotions you were carrying. Hmm. Now, this is the most important column where try to name as many emotions as possible which triggered the reaction. Okay, for example, this case where somebody has dented into your car, okay, you kind of used an abusive word, okay, your emotions were you were irritated, you were frustrated, you were angry, you know, you were nervous, at the same time, there were a number of emotions those were playing on you. True. Right? Right. The, the core success of understanding your own self or self-awareness is the number of emotions that you had during that time which led to that reaction. And fourth, write down the end result. The end result, whatever happened. Daily, if you start doing it, you don't need to 
write it on uh, you know write at that point of time or in real time mm. just do this once in a day before you go to the bed uh, just 10 to 15 minutes prior to that mm. and do not give more than 10 minutes for this activity mm-hmm. and you continue this. doing it for 5 to 12 weeks uh-huh. because any new behavior human mind takes anywhere between 5 to 12 weeks okay okay at the end of second or third week people would start noticing changes in your own behavior mm-hmm. right yeah and that into awareness wow wonderful i'm so excited about this uh, framework pratik uh, the reason being i was always measuring my positives uh, my challenges uh, like my achievements and my challenges and what was my learning but i never captured the emotions there i think that would also would have helped me you know to look at the kind of impact i created that kind of with that emotions that that really helped jyoti yeah right right definitely uh, pratik this was something it looks like this is being conscious and taking this kind of a framework experiencing it is an integral part of uh, learning ai i would say So, so Pratik, uh, when we are talking all this experience and you know, so energy getting into this framework, there is always a positive and negative in any of the subjects or a context, right? So, what would be the darker side of EI? Um, oh, we... you're asking about you're this asking me about the tip of my doctorate. <laughs> this was the very tip of my doctorate, by the way. Oh, the really? darker side is emotion. Okay, yeah. interesting. And you have right. and now this is something that probably you would regret asking me this question because i can go for hours to get about this <laughs> <laughs> give me a snippet and give me a link for your thesis if you can read that is that available yes yes it is very much available on my website okay yes sure. for sure i will uh, now talking about the darker side of emotional intelligence if you carefully look at there are various leaders who come across as somebody who has and we have been very manipulative mm-hmm. mm, they manipulate people emotions well exactly when they start empathizing they start pushing their own agenda without the other person knowing about it yes now there are political leadership who practice that there are uh, business leadership who practice that there are sports leadership which practice this mm. so for example somebody is inciting an emotion of nationalist idea and suddenly you will find that the whole nation gets carried away into that emotion hmm this is the darker side of emotional intelligence hmm so it all depends on the purpose for which you are using the ai it's a double edged sword hmm yeah uh, for example one business leader exactly knows how his people would react on a particular incentive policy he frames in an incentive policy saying that i am all yours at the same time cunningly he ensures that he, he creates wealth for himself first moves out of the organization while the rest of the organization is still all praises about him without realizing what has happened to the organization mm. yeah very powerful uh... <laughs> i'm sure you understand who i am hinting at but i don't want to name that person so so yeah <laughs> i think that that classic example was only uh, yeah we get that name yeah definitely right yeah this was definitely an eye opener uh, inciting that emotions and you can manipulate and make that kind of an impact for people yeah so we, yeah there's a misuse happening in the ai we have to be cautious about that yes. very much so pratik uh, I think how can AI be applied on decision making? Often people would take decisions based on impulses or intuitive uh, decisions, is what we call them. Hmm. Where there is no strong base of that particular decision, there is no historic data to support this particular decision. I'm going to make things like this. So there are three elements of decision making that I discuss. One is problem solving. Then you are trying to solve a particular problem making uh, you know use of that decision mm-hmm. e is you know reality testing where you are verifying all the data go through facts figures and then make a decision yeah. and three 
most importantly is an impulse control which we call it as i have taken a decision based on my gut feel this is something that you always hear a lot of people say yes okay be it a decision of choosing a particular course during their school or college days mm. the job profile that they uh, would want to follow or be a decision of choosing a particular supplier or a vendor or be it a corporate decision of a particular strategy Mm-hmm. you know like corporate investment so on and so forth so if you are able to control the impulses at that point of time reason it out with facts figures data think about all the consequences and then make a decision rather than taking a decision i'm sure we all understand that the difference between making and taking a decision right right and and then the third element is you're stuck in a problem and just to get out of that problem you're so impatient that you choose the first decision that comes your way and end the matter hmm. now the end result is definitely going to be you know very unpredictable in all such situations hmm. right depends on how you have controlled your emotions while dealing with a particular problem how you have controlled your impulses while making a particular decision just because it looks great yeah yeah it could be a hiring decision or it could be investment decision so on and so forth and how good you have made use of the real reality testing hmm hmm yeah so that's very much very important role sure sure yes but it's uh... Is there anything else you would like to add that will be of value to my listeners on AI? Okay, so first I would always say that accept the emotions that you have. And I started on a note that uh, about about Sushant Singh Rajput's incident. Right. At any given point of time, remember, emotions can be managed. Hmm. Hmm. Absolutely, control over the thoughts that you get. you can have complete control over your emotions mm-hmm. so the thought of doing something with your life is a thought but whether you nurture that thought and make it bigger and then take a drastic step depends on the kind of emotions and emotional self control that you have mm-hmm. see the decision be be it a negotiation be it delegation be it any kind of thing in your personal life professional life education finances health hmm. emotions always play an important role hmm. and it's okay to feel emotional hmm. feeling emotional and expressing emotions are two different things yeah yeah so while expressing you need to have regulation hmm. feeling you need to only have an acknowledgement of that feeling yes yeah I think uh, this is definitely a wonderful uh, segment to accept, recognize it, and manage. You know, with regulations smartly. Right. I think in every aspect of life, we should be uh, dealing in that manner. Yeah, because life is all about emotions, isn't it? Right. Yes, Pratik. So, Pratik, uh, can you share now what is quantum infotainers and consulting private limited is all about? Sure. So, Quantum Info Trainers and Consultants, a flagship company which we established on 5th September 2001 on a teacher's day, and uh, we would be entering 20th year to 2020, and uh, we are a corporate training company. So, we deliver training programs across mainly five verticals: IT skills, soft skills, behavioral skills, foreign languages, and cross culture. Okay. Besides, we have a small vertical on personal coaching. so the whole idea is to ensure that we bring the best out of people through various skill uh, imparting programs and all of our programs are highly customized based on a particular need hmm. been in the field for around 19 plus years and we have been quality focused uh, you know on a scale of 0 to 5 none of the programs have ever been ranked below 4.25 wow that's amazing thanks all the very best wishes for you completing thank 20 you. years soon thanks a lot thank you, thank you. and uh, one of the things that i'm really passionate about is uh, the kind of social drive that we have in quantum uh, where ai has 
we have recognized the importance of ei and we hold cafe eq mm-hmm. based on this covid situation it would be a virtual cafe now mm-hmm. what done is it's an eq practitioners group which comes and discusses the best applications of ei uh, the best practices so there are industry leaders mm-hmm. there is a panel discussion in this who discuss on various aspects of ei and uh, then there is a social project we call it as mission 1 million okay. so mission 1 million is a dream that i have this is about ensuring that india has 1 million emotionally literate indians by 2030 wow that's a great target thank you ji and uh, of course i'm going to call upon you uh, for your contribution in it as well because i firmly believe that this can change the fabric of the society hmm. when i'm uh, a child in mid 80s you know there was a movement by the government called uh, literacy movement okay mm-hmm. india had a lot of illiteracy then right mm-hmm. and at the time uh, literacy rate was very low eventually the mission that was taken up in 1980 is resulted sometime in mid 90s where there were a lot of employment that got created thanks to the literacy mission this is where i feel that india now needs to go one step ahead and think about emotional literacy thinking about how best we can you know make people understand the importance of emotions be literate with emotions understand and acknowledge and understand the importance of emotions so we plan to do it for schools uh, healthcare and police department because we feel that these are three departments which every individual at least once in his lifetime has to go through uh, and and they are the ones who really deal with a lot of uncertain situations and stressful situations day in and day out mm-hmm. and it would contribute by making them and and uh, converting them into change agents for the society we could probably do our bit giving back to the uh, ecosystem that we all are in that's a wonderful contribution from you pratik for the country and for the people definitely all the very best wishes to you and i would be glad to be part of you know if anything i can be of service there sure and now my last question pratik the market is so disruptive now so how do you see learning trends in 2020 okay so uh, as i've told you that uh, learning from teaching to training and training to learning that's the transition that i see if i have to put it just mm. that due to the present situation where for some time the physical classroom uh, environment is not possible in in virtual classroom or in e learning it becomes more you know more instructional in nature rather than interactive mm. so so this is just a a time being phenomena yes there would be some micro learning emerging micro learning trends where you know people would like to learn the skill in small nuggets rather than a complete full fledged program so definitely we have also moved from uh, the physical to virtual as well but virtual uh, classroom or or e learning is not going to replace learning it would only complement and ensure that the uh, reinforcement of that learning take place hmm. uh eventually we will go back to the classroom we will go back to uh, the training programs because you know people always would like to be in the groups of people no matter you call it new normal or whatever but eventually people would like to go in groups uh, do activities start learning out of each other's experiences collaborate with each other see each other rather than seeing a computer screen right definitely we want to be with the tribe group pratik we want to right, be right. in pratik already <laughs> <laughs> that's a temporary phenomena yeah. i'm sure you know and and in this case the onus of learning is on the learner not on the trainer by the way right 
Yeah. Wow. This was like icing on a cake and great insight, uh, Pradeep, on this. So, Pratik, it's not over. We have planned uh, some specific super questions to know about the leaders who come on my podcast. And these are some powerful questions we have targeted that will influence my listeners to engage, empower and entertain. And uh, that's the mission of my podcast too. So, are you ready? Fantastic. So, Jyoti, in Emotional Intelligence Podcast, now this is the time test of my emotions and my emotional self-control, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it a rap- on like a rapid fire kind of a thing for you. <laughs> yeah, go on. Go on. Sure. I'll so, be happy to take Sure. Thanks. According to you, what is the star moment? What is the star moment? Yes. Okay. My star moment is yet to come if I have to put it. That region would be standing amongst the tribe of EQ practitioners or emotionally literate people of 1 million by 2030. Wow. <laughs> and that gets a big applause already. So what Thank inspires you. you to do everything that you do today? Challenges. And you own a company already. What's one thing you would do differently in learning? Uh, so creating the impact and ensuring that uh, influencing people in a positive manner. Sure. And what are the three most important things you would like to accomplish right now? I know one million tribe on e emotional literate. So creating wealth for all the employees in the company is going to be the first aspect, not only for the company, but for every person who works in the company. That's the first one. Wealth creation for everyone. Okay. Second is diversification of business into unknown areas and unknown territories. I always uh, remember the famous sentence from uh, Merchant of Venice by Shakespeare. And the, the, the uh, dialogue is, uh, a merchant has no country. So would like to branch out to internationally more. Okay, that's the second one. Third is something that more, more than personal, more than professional or financial, this is more to do with, with, with my family goal and seeing my children, okay, achieve what they want to be. Hmm, interesting. And if I may ask you, what are your strengths? Uh, handling crisis situation has been a strength. Okay, be it the toughest crisis situation, immediately bouncing back is something that I have been doing. Mm. And that's the strength that I have. And what's the best book you have read this year or any time you want to recommend to my listeners? A book that I have read n number of times, gifted n number of copies to people is always a great motivator for me. And again, you would find a lot of EI component in it. Uh, there's a book called Seven Day Weekend by Ricardo Simler. Okay. Uh, this is a fantastic motivational story of a third generation entrepreneur who changed his company's culture upside down and scaled the companies to a great extent. So holding uh, purely a family owned business to a diversified company where employees make the decisions about their businesses. Interesting. The title is itself is catchy. Sure. So, Pratik, uh, you are a coach by yourself. What are the characteristics of a best coach or a role model you ever had and what made that person great for you? Okay. So, I have various role models and influences on me. So, uh, the question is about the kind of coach that I have found as a role model or the kind of person. So, what are the characteristics you like? You feel that About this coach. is the right coach or a right mentor. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, a coach has to be focused purely on the coaching that he has got. And it's always about his benefits that he puts himself committed to. When I talk about coach, my own cricket coach during my school days, mm-hmm. Mr. Hon Rao, was an ideal coach that I would look at. He exactly knew 
how to bring the best out of me mm. sure. and thanks to him and his guidance and even his tough coaching i played jatanwala trophy under 16 in maharashtra sure and are there any tools that you use on a daily basis to be a better you so i often visit various uh, strength finder tools like you know gallup strength finder is one that i use Mm-hmm. apart from that we've got our own assessment which is game based assessment a lot of immersive design based on big five component that we all know mm-hmm. you know big five psychometric if you know yeah. okay clifton's big so that that's one tool that i keep uh, visiting mm-hmm. often and qi 2.0 that's the framework that i'm certified on okay so and are there any habits you are practicing which has made you successful in whatever you do don't know whether i would still call myself successful to the extent but definitely whatever little that i have achieved one habit that i would only think about is thinking about the impact before taking an action very powerful yeah so pratik we have come to an end of this interview and before i ask you that question how can people get in touch with you to get more insight or collaborate right so i will be available on my email pratikesh that is p r a t i k s as in multiple s pratik surana pratikesh at the rate q i p t l that is quantum info trainers and consultants private limited the abbreviation is q i p t l dot com pratikesh at q i p t l dot com else they can uh, go through my linkedin profile and uh, i would be available on linkedin facebook uh, and and my linkedin profile is pratik0510 that's pratik0510 sure uh, on a closing note on that last question pratik uh, you are advised to people who are new and want to accelerate their career in uh, talent and development so you know my only advice to the people who would like to be in talent talent development learning and development is be a learner forever number one to start with and between an impressive and an effective trainer be an effective trainer <laughs> good one <laughs> sure i am so blunt and straightforward in talking but i prefer doing that way <laughs> that's amazing uh, pratik So so guys all the links and resources which we have discussed in this episode will be made available in my show notes page of my podcast stars of learning and also on my website pradeepanowledge.com that is p r a j v i p a knowledge.com for your quick reference thank you so much pratik for being on this uh, show and sharing all your wisdom I really enjoyed the conversation and I've got a great insight knowing about the framework the formula the especially the pack one and what why and extremely regulated way of the conversation and it's a lifetime process and and I also feel through our conversation that it's never too late to learn anything and it's just a continuous and practicing that the framework what you're given the four columns we can be able to use it for the rest of our life for better and happier and this is something immensely useful for us uh, prati this will definitely help us to be a balanced uh, life i'm sure my listeners will also enjoy it. thanks a lot jyoti it was wonderful talking to you and i really enjoyed our conversation thanks for the invitation and thanks for being so kind i really enjoyed it and i'm glad that you found it of some use to you and i also learned a lot in terms of how to carry on extremely good conversations and that's a big learning for me <laughs> wow i'm so humbled sadeep and it's been great great to have you on my show thank you thank you so friends i hope you enjoyed this conversation with dr pratik surana if you have got any learning or motivated hearing to dr pratik then make sure you do share this podcast with your friends and post it on all social media handles and tag me and Pratik and do let your friends know about this amazing information you have learned and let this piece of information help many others 
to engage, enlighten, and empower. By the way, I'm always grateful to everyone who tunes into my show, who subscribes and leaves a review for our podcast on iTunes. If you haven't done that yet, that would mean a world to me. So head over iTunes or any app you're listening and take a minute to write a quick review. It will help our podcast to grow. And I really, really appreciate your support. Once again, thank you so much for tuning into the show. Bye for now. Take good care of yourself. Be safe and go out and do something engaging, enlightening, and empowering. Thank you.